St. Patrick's Day, top of the morning to you. And uh, we're just delighted to have Jabbar's Red as our special guest. And uh, when I realized I was going to retire this coming summer, I contacted Jim and I said, you got to come on St. Patrick's Day uh, for one last hurrah. How many times is this that we work together? I was probably six or seven, I put it all together. And so it's been a blessing every time. Uh, the, our worship team is going to come, and the songs we're going to sing today are going to have a little taste of Celtic uh, flavor to them. And uh, some of them will know, some of them will learn. And we're going to listen to the music and hear from God. Please pray with me. Thank you, Lord, for this great day, a beautiful morning, a gift from you. We pray that you will be in every part of what we see and hear and do today so that we might love you and worship you with all our hearts. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's stand. I think we've got a version of, uh, what are we doing first? We have a reason. I've sped up a little bit. This is going to be fun. Let's sing.
beautiful. From 400 AD till about 470, when St. Patrick passed away, God did a miracle. He changed the pagan people of Ireland from those who were far from God to those who followed God with passion and with uh, beauty and art and music that has touched the world for centuries ever since. And we are here today to celebrate the thing God did and to ask Him to do a new thing through them, through that way, the Celtic way, in us today. So would you turn your welcome somewhat? Say top of the morning. I'm glad you're here. Top of the morning. I'm glad you're here, brother. Top of the morning. <laughs> Never fall down, never get wrecked. Yeah. 
so this was really kind of cool. One of the other things that we did to kind of prep this 10 days in Scotland is I found a random Celtic worship band uh, that I kind of downloaded five of his songs from iTunes. And, and I dropped them in our on our phone and we listened to that as kind of our soundtrack as we drove around Scotland for 10 days. Do you remember those songs? Yeah, and you love those songs. I remember we were driving and we'd sing right along with them um, and, and really learned those songs. So our, our trip is, uh, is wrapping up and we wanted to go to church on a Sunday and we found this really cool church called St. Paul's and St. George's. They affectionately call it P's and G's. And, uh, and we went to this church to experience God and, and Joshua and I walked to this church. Remember that? Or how, how long did we walk, do you think? About a mile? Yeah. Yeah, so we walked a mile to there, and we started to talk a little bit about the trip, and talk a little bit about Iona, talk a little bit about what God meant to you, right? So what was one thing you wanted uh, them to sing during that, that service? Do you remember? <coughs> yeah, the songs that we sung in the car. And so he wanted to see this. Now he said, now, I think they're going to play these songs, Dad. And I told Joshua, listen, I randomly downloaded these songs from iTunes. There's no way you, they're going to sing these songs. I mean, there's going to be two things they're going to sing. They're either going to sing Hillsong and Chris Tomlin, or they're going to sing hymns. None of them are these Scottish songs. So, I mean, you, you need to lower your expectations, Josh. Well, he wouldn't let He said, no, I think they're going to do it, Josh. Okay, well, we'll see. I'm prepping him for disappointment. So we got there, right? And we started to sing. And this, they sing Hillsong and Chris Tomlin. And then all of a sudden, they stopped in a moment. This is a picture of them, their band here. And they sang what song? The song that you liked from that singer. So the cool thing about that was, in the middle of the service, he looked over and said, See, Dad, what? What did you tell me? They sang the song, and what does God do? God so one of the things that Joshua learned about the Celtic way is that God hears your prayers. Small prayers, big prayers, little prayers, even prayers about random worship songs. Yeah, so that was a great thing to learn, right? Is there anything that you want to do? Would you be open to maybe pray for our service today to say a quick prayer? <laughs> <laughs> The exciting thing to do is uh, we actually picked that song that we sang that Sunday to sing for you guys today. So thank you guys. Yeah. 
talking earlier about the Celtic phrase. It's a, it's a phrase used to describe the kind of Christian spirituality that Patrick introduced to Ireland. If you know the story, the real story of St. Patrick's Day, it wasn't about getting drunk and drinking green beer. It was about following God with all his heart. Patrick was a young British boy named Patricius who was kidnapped by Irish marauders when he was 16 years old and taken to Ireland where he was enslaved by a Druid overlord and worked for six years uh, basically as a shepherd out in the elements of Ireland and praying every day that the God he really didn't believe in for sure that he struggled to find faith in would somehow deliver him. And the story goes that one night he saw a vision from God that told him there was a ship that was coming to save him and that he took off in the middle of the night, ran down to the seashore. Sure enough, the ship was there and miraculously he was able to board and escape after six years of slavery back to his homeland. When he got back home, he thought, well, maybe if there's a miraculous God who could spare my life, I should get serious about my faith. And he began to speak more seriously with his parents and with others. And he began to pursue a call to Christian ministry. After several years, many years actually in training and preparation, he felt called by God to go back to Ireland, not as a slave, but as the first Christian missionary since the Apostle Paul. 400 years after uh, the life of Christ, Patrick went back to Ireland and he had two things that God had blessed him with during his enslavement. He had the language and he understood the culture. And he used them both to proclaim the good news of Jesus Christ. And over the course of the next 35 to 40 years, uh, Ireland was radically transformed. And it's a miracle because there was a reason Ireland had never been Christianized or evangelized. And that was because it was considered too barbaric. The people there were so far from God, such a violent people, such an immoral people, that uh, though there was uh, the light of Christ was shining in Europe, and we hear about the, the Roman Empire and how Christianity spread throughout the Roman Empire and stopped, at the North Sea. And so um, Patrick was the one. A boy named Patricius became a saint named St. Patrick. And Ireland became, instead of a pagan nation, a largely Christian nation in his lifetime and in the hundred years that followed. Part of what Patrick did was he used the culture of the people, their love for nature, their, their appreciation for beauty and for music, to introduce them to the gospel of Christ. And so Celtic music has played a large part in the spread of the Christian faith. Um, I was talking with Pastor Shane yesterday how uh, that not only did the Irish uh, Christians, the Celtic Christians influence Ireland, but he talked about going to Scotland, then to Wales, then back to the mainland. I was reading in uh, Thomas Cahill's great book, How the Irish Saved Civilization. Did you know they saved civilization? <laughs> uh, they did. Um, how the Irish uh, monasteries actually went all the way back through Europe, all the way to, to northern Italy. I'll talk a little bit more about that in a few minutes. But Vinvara's uh, rent, Celtic music aficionados, world-class, award-winning. Uh, we're so glad you're here today. And why don't we play something classic with Celtic, and then we'll talk a little bit about your music and playing and all that good stuff. Okay. Uh, welcome to Vinvara's rent one more time.
There's another name, uh, which is the Irish Gaelic word for elbow, so Dylan. Looks like Julian, but it's pronounced Dylan. Uh, and it's a type of elbow. So these are Dylan types, Irish types, or call them whatever you want.
Um, so the Celtic way, Patrick goes to Ireland, um, decides to witness to these people who are far from God, and he has to decide how to make the connection. Where do you start? Where do you start to uh, point people toward the God of the universe when they don't have any real context for that? They don't have any scriptures. They don't understand uh, Christian thought at all. And you know what he does? He does something brilliant. He says, look around. Look around. Look at the creation all around us and discover the God who made it all. So in Celtic tradition, in Celtic art, you see lots of pictures of the sunrise and the sunset. You see the Celtic cross itself, which is unusual in that it has the circle uh, behind the arms of the cross. The circle represents the sun or all of creation, the universe. And Patrick said to the people of uh, the Celtic people that God sent his son, Jesus Christ, to save the world to redeem all that he had created. And that when Jesus died on the cross and rose from the grave, he bought back the fallen world and people who were broken and lost and sin. And the Celtic people knew all about that. <laughs> For the previous several hundred years, they were known to be especially violent, um, sexually immoral. They had these semi-annual feast, one in the spring and one in the fall, that uh, some archaeologists believe actually involved human sacrifice. And they went to war. They uh, stripped naked, painted themselves in blue paint and got as drunk as they could get to lose their fear and then ran ferociously uh, off into their deaths. And uh, it was a horrible, horrible way to live. And they needed hope. And they needed help. And you know, one of the things about the revival of the Celtic way in the last 25 years or so is that we recognize that we live in a world that's in a lot of trouble, people who are in a lot of pain, who through some of their own actions, some of their own addictions, some of their own mistreatment, and the way others have treated them are broken and lost and need help. And there is a God, the creator God of the universe, who sent his one and only son, Jesus Christ, for us. And the message of the Celtic way still connects today. Nancy and I had good friends at our church down by the border with Toledo, uh, called Crossroads Church, New Temperance. They were new at our church and kind of a little bit different. They had a, uh, they were about our age, but they had a little flair of uh, the 60s left over. They were kind of uh, semi-mature hippies in a way. And, and uh, we connected with that. We enjoyed spending time with them. And we found out their story, how they had been part of a commune over here in Chicago, lived in a very uh, 60s lifestyle, and felt lost and empty and frustrated, looking for meaning in life. One day, soon, uh, the wife had just this dramatic conversion where she drove by a little church and saw somebody out in the yard on a Saturday afternoon and, and stopped by and struck up a conversation. And the next day she went to church for the very first time in her life and gave her life to Christ. It was like, wow! But how does she speak anything about faith to her very intellectual, very atheistic husband, Mark? And I love the story she tells at the time they were standing on the shore of the ocean together and she had been praying for something to say that might connect with him and she said Mark I know I know you don't really have space in your life for God but have you ever thought about why the water stops there and the land stops here how do you explain the order in creation the patterns of the universe, the, what we call the laws of nature. And for the first time in his life, Mark began to think about the God who created everything that exists and through a long journey, that was the beginning of his journey of faith. Patrick pointed people to the creation around them and to the God above them. And I believe that 
even today, there are people who are part of God, whose beginning can be to honestly look at the creation around us and ask, is it really random? Did it all just happen? Or is it is God that's beyond this? And for those of us who are followers of Christ, I think there's something about the Celtic way when we deliberately lean into that. I mean, I think pretty much all of us have, you know, random moments, right? When we look around and go, wow, isn't that beautiful? Thank you, God. But I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about more than that. Using uh, the experience of God's creation as a spiritual discipline to say, I want to think more about who our God is and what he has done. The grandeur of the mountains, the expanse of the sea, the intricacy of every flower and plant and tree and the God who made them and has revealed himself to us in Jesus Christ. Well, the Celtic way began with the book of creation and then it continued by worshiping God through art and beauty and craftsmanship. Almost everything Celtic has a bit of a flair to it, a bit of a craft to it. You, when you see the Celtic crosses, they're not plain. You know, they they add a little extra ornamentation. Um, the cross that I'm wearing kind of reminds me of the of the Celtic art forms, and the music is part of that. And Patrick said that we can worship God by giving Him our very best, and that God is a God of beauty and a, the the God of um, of color and variety and flavors. Aren't you glad? that everything doesn't taste like cereal. <laughs> that everything doesn't taste bland and uh, anyway, like cream of wheat <laughs> or, or grits. Mary, you like grits. You know, cheat if you put stuff in it, it tastes good, right? Um, you could, everything could have tasted the same, right? God invented coffee Woo and cinnamon <laughs> And uh, jalapeno peppers and all of that good stuff. And, and he is a God of infinite creativity. I think we have a scripture here from the Psalms about the, the, the Psalm 19, the creation, the glory of God. How clearly the sky reveals God's glory. How plainly it shows what he's done. So there, there's the God of all creation. Let's go to the next scripture. I have asked one thing from the Lord. It is all I seek, to live in the Lord's house all the days of my life, to see the Lord's beauty, and constantly adoring His temple. So, Patrick would go from village to village. Uh, Ireland at that time was largely a, a rural agricultural society. No real big cities. Um, every little region was led by a king, who usually had some kind of a home, usually a, a more elaborate home, built on the highest hill around. And uh, so if you've been to Ireland, you can see that to this day, the remains of some of the castles that were on the, the hilltops. And Patrick would go to the king's castle on purpose when he arrived. And he would preach the gospel of Christ. Stories are that miraculous things would happen as he proclaimed that his God was the God of all creation, the God for whom nothing was impossible. And then he would go to the, to the edge of the village and usually set up a little um, safe place where he and a few of the Christ followers would gather day after day. And they would teach anybody who wanted to come craftsmanship. And they would, uh, they would say that we can honor God, the beautiful God, the God of beauty with our hand. The things we carve and weave. I think we have a picture of Irish knots. Um, one of the things they did was to use patterns. You know, if you follow that, it's like a like a maze, right? There's one strand woven around. And it was like God is a God of order and beauty and we can we can worship him and love him and get to know him. Um, and so they would invite people to come out to the to these um, these little enclaves outside the walls of the villages where they would be loved and taught and fed and introduced to the beauty of honoring God with our, with our creativity, the loving back, the 
for being the beautiful guy that he is. Patrick knew there was something in the Celtic heart that appreciated the simple things, the beautiful things, and connected with that. Then he did one more thing, and Patrick also encouraged the people to worship God in simple, everyday ways. I love some of the early Celtic prayers, you know, I washed my face with a palmful of the Creator, and a palmful of my Savior, and a palmful of the Holy Spirit. I would like to wash your face like that anymore. I make my bed in the, in the presence of God the Father, in the presence of God the Son, in the presence of God the Holy Spirit. Uh, I milk this cow, I do my chores, I sweep this out in the presence of God. Now, there's something brilliant about that, bringing God into the practical every day. You know, I think people do that today. I think too many people have God on Sunday morning and not too much the rest of the week. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We don't take him as much as, much as we should to our work, to our home, to the, to the recreational activity. You know, you think about God in the everyday moments of your everyday life. And Patrick used that to connect with the Celtic people and to introduce them to the God who was their everyday Savior and Lord who went with them through the good times and the bad, through the up times and the down. And then the thing that I think captures my heart more than any when I think about the Celtic way is to think about how incredibly courageous Patrick and his uh, band of missionaries were. Because remember what I said about the Celtic people and what they were like? They were a, a violent and barbarous people. They were known to be quick to fight. Uh, dangerous to disagree with. Some say Irish are still dangerous to disagree with. <laughs> and so that, that fiery temperament was part of the culture and then Patrick never let it stop him. And I think there's kind of an irony today in the way most people that I know think about St. Patrick's Day and the Celtic music, you know, it's kind of mild and, uh, you know, for, for, for people who don't really do very much, you know, they just kind of sit around and think I respond. I don't know. I don't get But uh, that, that's my general impression of, of our impression of the Celtic way, and it's not that way at all. Now, Patrick risked his life every time he spoke to one of these pagan kings. Every time he went to a new place and preached the gospel, it could have been his last time. And he inspired a band of Christian followers who changed the world. I mean, in, in Thomas Cahill's book, How the Irish Shaped Civilization, you want to know how they did it? Good, because I want to tell you how they did it. Um, from 400 AD to about 800 AD, Europe, the Roman Empire, fell apart. Uh, you ever hear of the fall of the Roman Empire, right? And uh, the, the Christian light had begun to spread through the early days of the Christian witness in Europe began to go dark. And scholarship was, it was frowned upon, was even, was lost. The scriptures began to be uh, in, in, ignored and neglected. It was the darkest days of the Catholic movement in Europe. And if you studied history, you know a lot of really terrible things happened in that season of the established church. So while Europe is falling into disorder and decay, and it looks like the light of the gospel is going out in Europe, something else is happening in Ireland. The Celtic way is beginning to flourish. There's this pagan, barbaric people who have been far from God, who are coming, coming <clears throat> hundreds and hundreds to faith in Jesus Christ. And they are celebrating the God of all creation. They're creating beautiful and craftsman-like uh, artifacts to express their faith. They're writing new kinds of music. They're singing new kinds of songs. 
And the light of the gospel is growing brighter and brighter. And the people are becoming so passionate about their faith that they even pray when they wash their face and make their bed. And in Europe, there's this kind of formal, um, casual Christianity that just goes along in sort of a religious routine and is winding down and falling apart. And in Ireland, there's this vibrant, fresh, lively expression of the Christian faith that's changing the whole culture and spreading back to Scotland and Wales and back to the mainland of Europe. And God revives his people by the renewal and the energy of the, of the Celtic way. Among the other things the Celtic way did, it preserved the scriptures. They loved the scriptures so much that if you've ever studied uh, any Celtic art, you'll see these really magnificent uh, calligraphies of copies of the New Testament that were done as a, as a way of loving God back and as a way of honoring his word. And those became the scriptures that were passed on from generation to generation. And Thomas Cahill says, the Irish saved civilization by bringing the light of Christ back into Europe at a time when, on its own, Europe is falling into problems. So here's what I know. The Celtic way is still relevant. In fact, in fact, maybe more relevant than ever. Have you noticed that there's a part of our culture that's falling apart? There's an element of darkness that seems to be getting darker and darker. <coughs> hostility to the message of Christ and the traditions of the church. And there are some Christians who are kind of scared, daunted by it. Not sure what to do. Well, I know what to do. Love God with all your heart. Worship Him every day in the little things you do. Look for Him in the glory of creation around you. Honor Him with the work of your hand, with the words of your mouth, with the songs of your heart. And be a courageous Christian, not a casual Christian. Allow God to give you the kind of faith that overcomes our fears and says, you know, the light of Christ isn't done shining yet. He's still got something to do and it is good and we can be part of what he wants to do. I want to be fierce for Christ. Don't you? I want to be fierce for Christ. Don't you? I want to be a courageous Christian, not a casual Christian. I want to follow the Celtic way, not because it's Irish, but because it's Christian, because it's Jesus. He is the heart of the Celtic way. I love the fact that the Celtic people love Jesus. They love the stories of Jesus. Their favorite gospel was the gospel of John. You know why? Because John was written by the beloved disciple, the one who was closest to Jesus, the one who, remember at the Last Supper, John was seated next to Jesus. Remember that story? And it says in the scriptures that he leaned over against his chest. You know what the Irish say? He heard Jesus' heartbeat. And the heartbeat of Jesus changed his life and changed the course of history. And the heartbeat of Jesus can change your life today. Let's pray. Lord God, I thank you for the Celtic way, not just because it's history, but because it's present day reality. And I pray today for my people, this church, that we would be courageous Christians. That, that the Celtic way would not just be a history that we think about in life, but it would be a present reality that we pursue with all our hearts. So Lord, you know who it is in this room that needs to get out there in your creation and lean into you in a new and more passionate way. And you know who it is among us that needs to use the artistic ability you have given us to love you back and to grow our souls and to witness to the people around us. And you know who it is among us that neglects to take you into our everyday. We don't think about you enough between Sundays. And Lord, I pray that you would give us the discipline of every day 
everyday love, everyday devotion to you, one day at a time. And above all, give us the courageous heart of Christ himself so that we will be bold to speak about you, to love for you, to live for you. Lord, you know who among us today needs to embrace that in you in a deeper way. Make us courageous, make us brave, make us bold, make us fierce for Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. And everybody agreed and said? Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Now we have to go get the bars ready and find out where they've hidden themselves. Because uh, we're going to sing one more song or play one more song. There they are. Come on up, you guys. Uh, would you welcome them back? I know you've got at least a song or two up your sleeve. And uh, we love to hear it before we
thank you so much. You've been to a lot of other places on St. Patrick's Day. Thank you for coming to join us here. And the Lord will be more. And uh, learn more about and lean into and practice the Celtic point of Christianity. It'll grow your soul. The Lord will be with us all. You want to play us out? All right. And you can leave now. <laughs> <laughs> Got to wait.